do, 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 famous with a baby. Guys, I think I've got my new intro. I really like it. Uh, welcome to today's episode. I want to talk about uh, being self-employed and trying to be assertive in business because I find it incredibly hard. So I am somebody that works for myself. I'm self-employed. So self-employed basically means that you don't work for uh, another company. So you still work with other people because you still need to get hired and you need to get paid. But you basically create your own little business, right? You're your own little business and you create your own income and you pay yourself. That's self-employed. Uh, the opposite of that would be to be employed, have a regular job, have a normal job, have a proper job. I've got many friends that work um, in proper jobs. They've got uh, they've got careers in uh, the education system, in the care system, in the NHS, uh, and they work for these uh, these uh, for the private sector mainly, in the public sector, sorry, and the private sector. And they work for somebody else and they, they know their hours, right? So they know what hours they've got. They know what they're going to get paid every month. They're paying into a system. And there's a kind of, a, there's a job security in being employed, okay? So when you're employed, there's a job security. And actually navigating the world is, uh, is much easier, I think, if you are somebody in employment. It's much easier to get on the property ladder. It's much easier to get your foot on that. It's much easier um, to kind of navigate your budget and to know what you're spending every month. Uh, it's much easier to kind of plan for the year ahead. It's probably much easier to plan the next few years ahead because you can see what you're going to be earning and what you're going to be doing, especially if you work with the NHS where you are in bands. So every band, so you go up a tier in your job. So the more qualified you become, the more experience you have, you go up a tier and you kind of know, well, that band pays X amount, that band pays X amount. I think it's the same with teaching. So you kind of know what your income is going to be and you can therefore plan towards that and for that as you grow in your career of choice. And being self-employed, <laughs> being an artist, it's kind of different because, yes, there is a trajectory and hopefully you earn more each year than you did the previous year and hopefully you're more qualified and you're better. But equally, there's many, many months where you earn less than you did when you first started, mate, and you go, what the fuck have I done wrong? Like, what the fuck am I doing? What the fuck am I doing with my life choices? Oh, you're an artist. You're an artist. And with being uh, self-employed, the challenge or the, the trick is what I find difficult, especially with my job, and I think many actors or performers or musicians will also feel like this, it's either feast or famine. So there will be some months where you get like a paycheck where it's like, oh my God, I got loads of money. I'm so excited. This is so exciting. I remember in uh, lockdown, before lockdown, I was so, so grateful because I had uh, nothing for months. Like I had nothing for three months. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to make this work? What do I do? What do I do? And then out of nowhere, I got a voiceover gig and that voiceover gig paid me £10,000. And I was like, hallelujah, hallelujah. And there was no rhyme, no reason, no thought, no planning, no premeditation behind that. I was just asking the universe. Don't, I've been asking the universe a lot since then. Uh, <laughs> I think she's. I think she's busy at the moment. Um, but I felt very, very lucky. And I've always had that uh, feeling with money. I've always had that kind of relationship with money where I'm like, I'll be fine. It'll work out. Like I'll get it. I don't know how. I'll just get it. And if I stop or let me correct this when I have stopped to look at what I am earning and look at what is coming in I will cry and have a nervous breakdown and not be able to move for four days because I will shit myself I will shit myself because I'll be like you're fucked you've got what the fuck are you doing 
you've got no idea what is coming in or when. I've always just lived in the basis that I'll be all right, like it will come in. And I am not somebody that comes from money. I don't come from a rich family. I don't have an inheritance. There's nobody to support me. There's nobody that I can ask to borrow money from. It's me. I make everything I have. I bought this house. I got a mortgage on this house. I paid taxes in order to get a mortgage on this house. And that's something that I found really, really difficult and really frustrating with the rental system, with the private system, with the self-employed system and with the employed system. So... I could go and rent somewhere. So I remember when I was living in London, I was paying a £1,000 a month for a room in London. But because I was self-employed and my earnings were so spread, I don't know how I managed to pay that, mate. I was only getting 100 quid a week, so I don't know how I could afford it. But somehow I managed to make it work. But in order to get a mortgage, the most they would lend me was like £41,000. And you're like, how the fuck am I... What am I going to buy for £41,000? I'm going to buy a tile in the kitchen floor of a flat in zone six for £41,000. Like, that's all I'll be able to afford for £41,000. And yet it was frustrating because you go, but if I look at what I, what mortgage I could get where I'm paying £1,000, you could probably borrow like 250 300000 at the time. These were where interest rates were different. So the interest rates, I, I always get confused. I'm going to do it really layman's terms just because I find it difficult when people talk about stuff that they just assume you know. Uh, so when you borrow a mortgage, when you borrow an amount of money, say you borrow £100,000, the interest on £100,000 might be 1%. Let's just make it really easy. I think that's 1000 I don't know, or 10000 I don't know, whatever it is, let's just say it's one, right? Um, so it's fine because you know you're paying one all the time because you're paying one and if it's on a it's a, the interest rates are um like locked in then that's what you're paying because they're so variable now the interest rates have gone up to six percent eight percent so all of a sudden rather than paying one now you're paying six or eight so it's a lot more right so it's like fuck fuck i don't know why i started talking about that anyway so what i found annoying is like back in the day that you're like but i can't afford to pay this but i can't on paper get the mortgage for this it was really frustrating working in a city where I would hire a venue and I would put on a Valentine's party and the Valentine's party would cost me like £11,000 to put on and I would get a bank loan of £10,000 and then I'd make 11300 so I made £300 profit from, you know, a show that cost 11000 from 800 people but I was creating a mini economy and in that night I was hiring a security team, I was hiring bouncers, I was hiring a hairdresser, I was hiring a makeup artist, I was hiring bar staff, I was hiring cleaners, I was hiring everybody because, because of my show that day I created a mini economy but that didn't mean shit when you came to applying for a mortgage, which is actually one of the reasons that I um, ended up leaving London because I finally got a mortgage budget together of 250 uh, I was self-employed at the time. And I just had to pay a lot more tax uh, on money that I didn't actually earn, but I just had to pay a lot more tax on money uh, in order to qualify for that mortgage just to get just to have a chance of getting on the property ladder, right? And so I was able to get a, a budget together and I finally got a mortgage and a budget of 250 and I asked an estate agent, I hate estate agents, but like, put some socks on. Who wears shoes with no socks on? Put some fucking socks on. And he showed me around a car parking space in Acton and I was like, Acton's all right. Like, I don't mind Acton, it's a bit west, but like, I just want a, a little one bed with a skylight. And he took me to this car parking space. I was like, where's the flat? He's like, there isn't a flat. It's a car parking space. I was like, for 250 He's like, no, it's 280 I want you to give you a reality check. I was like, fuck my life. 280 for a car parking space in Acton, mate. So I moved further out to zone six. I live in zone uh, zone 28 now. I live in Birmingham. But I've got a beautiful house, as you can see, um, which might be I might be leaving soon. Anyway, that's a different story. But being self-employed and then trying to get on the property ladder and being a single woman trying to get on the property ladder is really, really hard to navigate because it's very difficult. A, if you don't have, you know, 
a lot of people could get on the property ladder because they had an inheritance or they had a big deposit from their parents. So their parents could give them the 30, 40, 50, 60 grand, 100 grand to put deposit down. If you don't have that, you've got to try and earn to get that deposit down. But if you're working all the time and you're paying your rent and you're, you know, even if a third of your income is going on rent and the other two thirds is just going on living, mate, it's very difficult. It's going to take a long time to save the amount in order to put down a deposit. Um, but being self-employed, not only do you have to show three years of accounts in order to qualify for a mortgage, whereas if you're employed by somebody, it's a safer bet because all you have to show is three months payroll. And you know what you're going to be earning because you can say, like, I'm in a bad six job, I'm in a bad seven job. You know, I'm a, I'm a teacher, I'm a head of a department, I'm a head teacher. You know what you're going to be earning. So it's much easier to get on the property ladder. So then you have some security because you've got a roof over your head, but you've got life security, really, haven't you? Because you've got a home, you've got life security. And then from there, you can plan. Like once you've got a home, then you can plan what you're going to do. You can plan your holidays once or twice a year. You can decide to get like a bathroom refitted. You can decide to get a new washing machine. You can decide to, you know, do whatever you want. You know, have your Chinese takeouts every weekend like it's lush. And you kind of, there's a safety in that. And that social contract worked for many, many people for a very, very, very long time. And I'm self-employed and something that I struggle with, something that I struggle to navigate with is being self-employed, is being self-motivated to go out there and get work, but also working with other people and being assertive in my boundaries and being assertive and saying that doesn't work for me, that doesn't work for me. Because when you work for somebody else, it's almost easy to go in the staff room and complain and be like, oh, I hate that, I had to do that, I had to do this thing and I hated it. And you complain to your peers about it. There is no peer. Bernie is my peer. And this last week I've been in a situation where um, I've wanted to employ people to work with uh, to help me put together a tour. And some of the pitches and the ideas and the people that su suggested that I could work with, like I saw some um, opportunities and I kind of realised actually that's not the direction I want to go in. That's That route is not going to work for me. Though That way of doing things doesn't work for me. And it's very di I find it really difficult to say no because you still want to be liked don't you? You still want to be liked. You still don't want to be seen as difficult or demanding or difficult because you don't say yes to people because you go, that doesn't work for me. So how do you say <laughs> in business, how do you be okay with saying no to something because it doesn't work for you but still want to be liked? But maybe that's the problem. If your likability is based on you saying yes, you've got a problem, mate. There's a friend of mine I've got. He's a business advisor and he's such a ninja shark. Like he doesn't give two fucks. Like he'll just be like, cut, cut, cut. He'll go through a budget. He'll go through a plan. He'll go through a pitch and he'll be like, cut, cut, cut. And he's ruthless with it. He doesn't give two fucks. And there's something really sexy about that and really attractive that you're like, oh, I wish I could be that assertive. But when it comes down to it, I just had a meeting just now. I just had a meeting just now where I want to work with a PR company, right? And I found it really difficult to say... A PR company, the people that go out and get you press, help you get press. And you pay for them. So as the client, as the artist, you pay that person to say, help me get press. And I found it really difficult to ask them, would you be able to send me a breakdown of, um, of how you would pitch me, how you would market me, where you think my um, weaknesses are, where you think my strengths are? Would you be able to give me an idea of what it is that you could offer me for this amount of money, what is it that you would do for me? Because what I'm looking for is somebody to have an overview of my career, have a look at what I'm doing, tell me where strengths and weaknesses are, break it all down and help me navigate and it'll be like, right, where are we going to place me? That's what I want. That's the kind of strategy and attention to detail I want. I don't just want, oh, here's a press release, we'll send it to 100 people. I do that myself. And I found it really hard to be assertive and ask for that. And they were like, yeah, of course we'll do that. And you're like, fuck, fuck, fuck. Why is that so hard to ask? Just to be like, can you tell me where this money is going? Can I have a breakdown of where this cash is going of this service that I am paying for? And I don't know why the comedy industry acts so different to every other industry because in any other business, 
surely it's really it's about it's about profit it's about making money but it's also about having a good product but the product is of value right so the people that you work for get taken care of but in the comedy industry that's not necessarily the case because the people that you should be taking care of the comedians are the artists but the artist's main festival the artist's main showcase or their main like market market hall is edinburgh fringe festival you go to edinburgh fringe to showcase it's a big it's a market stall and yet acts are leaving edinburgh festival twelve thousand pounds in debt i've got a friend twelve thousand pounds in debt to go and perform at Edinburgh Festival. So you go, you deliver a service every day of the week, you're putting on a show every day of the week, and you leave that festival in debt. Like, it, you paid to do your job. You paid. And there's been times I've had solo shows, right, where the cost of putting on a show, from hiring the venue to getting there, to the staying overnight, to promoting it, to marketing it, means that by the time the ticket sales come through, the ticket sales don't even cover half the costs, so I have to pay for the extra cost. So it costs me five, six, seven hundred pounds, eight hundred pounds to put on a show. Like I told you about Valentine's, it costs a fortune to put on a Valentine's party. I do it because I love it because with Valentine's parties, there's a worthiness in there that I have that audience for the rest of the year. They're loyal as fuck for the rest of the year because it's the best night of my life. It's the best night of the year for me. I love it. So not everything has to have a monetary value, but when we're living in a cost living crisis, actually money matters, doesn't it? It's important that we understand our money and where it's going. And for many, many years, I've always had a conversation with my friend, my beautiful friend, Pass, who's got like a regular job. She's like, I don't know how you live, but you don't know what you're going to earn every month. And I'm like, mate, if I think about it, I'll cry. I just talk to the universe and I hope for the best. Like, whereas she knows exactly what she's getting. But as a result, it's been easier for her to get on the property ladder. Like, I find it hard now if I'm going to move or sell my house. Like, I'm finding it hard to be like, well, what budget can I have? Like, where can I go? What can I do? And actually, what we're seeing is the shift. So, Yes, I'm finding being self-employed difficult. Yes, I find navigating this world and trying to trying to run my myself as a business. I find it uh, quite. Ch- I love the idea of it, but I think I've lost confidence. I used to be a lot more assertive and a lot more confident, but as I've got older, I've lost confidence. I think in just saying that doesn't work for me. No, for a fear of not being liked, and because even though I'm good at saying it now, I I worry about it afterwards. I worry afterwards, and I wish I didn't. I wish I didn't give two fucks. Like, I wish I was like my friend who just is ninja and a shark and just is like, yeah, it doesn't work for me. Like, as long as you can be kind with it. Like, is there a way of being assertive and business savvy but kind? <laughs> is there a way to do that? I don't know. Or do you just have to be okay with navigating disappointment? I don't know. But the social contract has changed. So you go, well, this is the choice I've made. This is the lifestyle I've chosen, right? So I don't know. It's going to be hit and miss. could be feast or famine. But it's amazing. It's amazing, mate. Like, whereas, like, I got to go away for three months, have the most wonderful time in Europe. I got to do comedy in different countries around the world. Like, I love, love, love my job. Like, I would never want to work for somebody else. I'd love to work with people. Like, absolutely with people. Be part of a team. I was on set recently. I loved it. I really enjoyed acting. I really enjoyed it. However, that social contract has changed, whereas so self-employed, you go, okay, well, you take the risk, right? But for those of you that were employed, like it was easy because you'd work a nine to five and you'd work a nine to five and you'd get paid your set hours and your boss would earn more money than you, right? They'd earn more money than you, they'd have a bigger house, they'd have a nicer car, but you were like, do you know what? Let them have a nicer car, let them have a bigger house because you don't want to deal with the admin. You don't want to deal with the extra admin. You don't want to deal with all the payroll and looking after people and all the fucking responsibility of owning and managing a company. So let the boss have the extra because you earned your salary and you were secure. You could buy your house that you could live in for 25, 30 years that your kids could grow old in. You could grow old in and your kids could grow up in. You could have your Volvo parked outside, your double garage, right? You could go on your holidays twice a year. You'd get a Chinese takeout. You'd redo your bathroom. 
you know, get a kitchen extension, buy a puppy, you could do all that because you knew what was happening, right? Only now the social contract has changed because now actually employment doesn't mean that anymore. You've got zero-hour contracts, you've got no pension plans, you've got no schemes, you've got no support, you've got no idea what's going to happen next. All you know is that you're employed and tied to a fucking company. Yes, you're on a salary. And yes, they only look at three months of your salary payroll if you were to apply for a mortgage, so it is easy to get mortgage. But now you're looking at your boss and your boss, your boss is earning a lot more money than you, right? And you're working more hours than you've ever fucking worked before. So you're working all the hours that God sent, and now you look at your boss, and they're not just buying, you know, a bigger house or a bigger fucking car. They're literally buying islands. They're buying transport. They're buying public transport. If you look at Virgin, they bought the fucking trains. They bought the transport that we all need to use in order to get to work. They bought those things, right? And your boss hasn't got an extra house. He's got yachts, he's islands, public transport. They're billionaires. Your bosses are billionaires now. And you're working all the hours God sends. And you're not doing it in order to be able to go on a nicer holiday or do a kitchen extension or, or, or to get a takeout at the weekend. Now you're deciding which one room to heat in your house. <laughs> So the system is fucked. So now you've got a whole people, you've got a whole generation of people that are like working class or working people that the social contract doesn't work for them. It's, it's fucked you. It doesn't serve us anymore. There's, there's no uh, security. There's no insurance. There's no uh, safety in any of this. And you've got the zero-hour contracts as well where you literally don't even have that. You don't have a contract. You don't know what you're doing or where you're going. Uh, but the difference is you're doing more for less. So we can see, so even though on paper you might be earning more, even though you've gone up to a band five or a band six, or maybe you're ahead of department now, A, you've got so much more fucking workload on, so much more fucking responsibility with the same amount of hours in the day, the same number of hours in the day. There's not more hours. You haven't got more support. So you've got to do more admin, more stuff, more responsibility, all of that. In the public sector, there's less and less people in there. So people that are going higher up, no wonder they ended up burning out because they're doing the jobs of three, four, five, six people. They're not getting the support. Whereas where's the money going? That's why people are angry still. When you look at where the money went in lockdown or in COVID, or like where did the money go? Because it didn't go to the people that were putting that were breaking their backs and people who lost their lives giving to a service. And so yes, my job is uh, a gamble. And it's tricky, but it could be amazing and it could be nothing and it could be a shit show, but it could be fucking phenomenal. And that's a risk that I was, I've always been happy to take. But now the difference is, is that actually the traditional route. So the people that I look back on that, you know, left school, didn't go to university, the people that I used to be jealous of, like the people that I used to look back at and be like, look at them now, they've got a detached house with two volvos parked outside. Like, why couldn't you just marry the first guy that fingered you, Louisa? Like, now I look back and you go, hey, like, why didn't you just write the first guy? Actually, I'm glad I didn't write the first guy. Anyway, th- side note. But, like, they're not secure either because the system's failed. The whole system's failed. And, yeah, you might not be working for the big man, right, or have a big boss of a company, but I'm talking about the British company, so I'm talking about British Gas. I'm talking about BT. I'm talking about fucking all these companies. <laughs> that was two of them, but there's more, you know. So it's unstable whether you're, it's unstable whether you're uh, self-employed. It's unstable whether you're employed, and that's a terrifying time. That's terrifying. So who do you back on? Who do you back? You got to back yourself. Which is very difficult when you find it hard to say no. That doesn't work for me. Um, I used to prefer it when I just went no, bye. Uh, I've gone. Oh no, thank you. That doesn't work for me. Oh, would you mind just telling me what you're going to spend my thousands of pounds on, please? Mm. 
sorry, sorry, sorry for being difficult. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my friends. Thank you for listening. That was today's episode. Do, do, do. Famous with a baby. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed it. I'll uh, see you the next time. Yeah, big love. Thank you. That does not work for me. Could you break down what I am getting for that money, please? <sighs> Thank you. Well done. Very assertive. Very assertive. You are so assertive. You are so assertive. What? Look at your little assertive face. Hello.